Before we begin, Todd, I just wanted to give you a little little special sauce that you could use or not use, but uh, here we go. Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing, hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Welcome to The Todd Donald Show. He's the host, Todd Donald. You can follow him on social media if you like. It's at Todd Donald Show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, same handle. And you can email him at todddonald at gmail.com. And I am honored to be a part. (laughs) And I'm here too. So yeah, so you can use that if you'd like. Okay, so that copy read that my sweet guest very sweetly did was, of course, based on episodes 1 through 100 of this podcast. A very clever misdirect on my part to bring the podcast back and wildly change it. The best change, of course, is the addition of my co-host, singer-songwriter Katie Topham, who isn't with me today, but will be back soon. Uh, We have some Super Bowl Rihanna stuff to get to. Uh, You know, we want to get to it before it becomes super old news. Right now, it's just old news, and you know we have some notes. But I am thrilled to be joined on this episode by three hilarious and fantastic creatives and performers talking about the co-creators of NP Armageddon, Peter Podgurski and Brian Keithley, and the gentleman who plays President Skullgore, LeJon Stewart. They joined me from sunny California recently to chat about their episodic scripted podcast, which I've been listening to consistently. Uh, consuming voraciously. It's an audio drama, a black comedy set in a post-apocalyptic earth as we know it setting called Lost Angeles, featuring the voice talents of Tay Zonday, Fred Willard, and about 70 to 80 some odd more that they'll clarify themselves in the content of this podcast, throughout which I'll be playing podcast and episode trailers from NPR Mageddon to get you stoked, to get you downloading it and listening to it immediately. Now let's start the show off with a song. Anyone who knows and loves Twin Peaks like I do will recognize this tune by The Chromatics. Having a, a Twin Peaks rewatch renaissance, and I'm uh, tempted to, re- to start the next one like immediately after. I'm really feeling it, you know? The song, Shadow, is essentially the Twin Peaks theme uh, progression by Angela Badalamenti with a blend of 80s and modern analog synths and dreamy brand new dream pop vocals. Once again, the song is by The Chromatics and the title is Shadow.
Armageddon, the show where one post-apocalyptic radio station serves up piping hot propaganda straight into your ear holes. If no news is good news, we have some bad news for you. Starring Fred Willard. How cool is that? John Delancey. This is a protein opportunity that is rarely seen on this side of the 405. Jello Biafra. All you need is a thirst for adventure. Tezande. Do you really want to go out like a namby-pamby, thumb-sucking, whittle-bitty crybaby? Andrew Bowser. It looked like the end, but a funny thing happened on the way to world domination. Erica Ishii. Nothing brightens your day quite like hard drugs. Harlan Ellison. This is outrageous! And many more. It's weird, it's sci-fi, it's horror, it's comedy, and it always comes with a body count. But hey, who's counting? An Ear Mouse limited audio series. Available everywhere. Podcasts are available. And now, introducing my co-hosts for this episode, NPR Mageddon's co-creators, Brian Keithley and Peter Podgurski, and star Lejean, President Skullgore Stewart. Yeah, not only do I have the, the creators of the show and a Channel 101 legend, I also have three of the stars in front of me, you know, on, on a screen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been an interesting process to, to write it and also serve as the host for it. Um, it's been a whole lot of fun. I mean, I think fun has characterized the entire run of the show. I mean, it's been long gestating and uh, um, you know we've been doing this for for a couple years now you know on weekends when we could and uh, gosh it's just been so much fun to record so many actors and mm. I mean I've learned and grown and grown as a, as a voice actor for sure throughout the course of the show so I don't know it's it's just been so fun to be able to perform your own material I guess in, in summation <laughs> have you gotten a lot of feedback so far what do you think? I mean, the um, feedback so far has been has been quite positive. I don't think anyone has uh, we've we've received no death threats about the show, so that's so that's positive. Um, <laughs> but you think you know if you reach a certain level, death threats will come. So death threats are sort of a signal of success. Oh, maybe that's the yes. good problem to have. Yeah. So we have had no death threats, but look forward to them there because death not, threats uh, mean yeah, qualified look forward. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, I think like if you have a death threat, you have to reach a certain threshold because go. no one's going to threaten your death if you're just not all that if important. You're if you're nobody, yeah. who yeah. wants to kill you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you're not death threat famous. I mean, are you even famous? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about oh. I'll just say real quick what I love about this is that the character that these two geniuses wrote for me, and they were so good when we were recording because 
it's like, okay, I want more. I want this. I mean, they would really be hands on with me getting that President Skogor out. And when I listen to it now, I'm like, wow, I'm really impressed and I love it. And these guys are geniuses. You're too kind. Yeah. You're fantastic in it. And it's, it, it is very cinematic, even though like the, I, I want you guys to, to describe what the content of it is. I, I just think it's fantastic. God, I, I'm sorry. I'm first of all, very excited to, to see you guys. I'm also like, I don't know where to begin because I'm such a big fan of it. <laughs> well, have so you listened, well, so you listened to the first two episodes? Yeah. Okay. okay. Then I think if, if I've heard the third, like who gave it to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we probably should start with inducing, introducing who we really are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you start us and, off? And, and, and describe your voice in a sentence. Oh, my goodness. Um, honeyed. No, that's, uh, that's, that's too immodest. Um, so my name is Brian Keithley, and I play the part of Brian Garcia McMillan Keithley in the show. And um, also the writer co-creator, along with my friend Peter. That's a great segue to introduce Peter. Yeah, I am Peter Podgursky. I play a reporter in the future called... Peter Podgurski. Um, I would describe my voice. Uh, it, I think it sounds like a teenager. I think it's a young sounding voice. If I had to describe it, I, I used to have to answer the phones. I used to work for JJ Abrams and I used to have to answer the phones and I'd always go like, and you'd, you'd answer the phone and you'd go like, hello, bad robot. And you would try to smile when you, when you said it and people would always uh, mistake me for a woman. So I think, um, I and I, I think I might have a, a either a childlike or womanly voice. It's the sweetness and the love in your voice <laughs> that they hear. <laughs> what do you think, Todd? Do you think I have a girl's voice? No, you definitely have. A, it's just like definitely opinion, right? a masculine but, voice. Is a definitely, <laughs> but a youthful, very youthful, a very youthful. Like a, there you go. Yeah. yeah. You could do the, Dad, I want to go out and drive the car. I'm <laughs> 16 already. Gosh. And they would believe it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and Lejean, how Lejean? This I'm, I'm going to introduce you to Lejean. He he is a, a man who only goes by one name, and that name is Lejean. There you go. So I am honored again to be here and to share with with you and your fans. It's Wonderful. interesting because I didn't even know what a podcast was when Peter first starts to talk about this. So that's a lesson me know. I was born I was born in the fifties, and so you know podcasts and yeah things are like. And so he said, hey, I'm, we're writing this great stuff, and we want you to be President Skull Gore of Lost, L-O-S-T, Angeles. And I was like, okay. Didn't know what I was really doing. Didn't know that we would be here at this moment right now meeting you and cheering with your, with your people, with your audience. Um, but now it's all coming together. And I just love the way that they made me. I'm a maniac, kind of like a cross between Obama and Trump. And how would you describe your voice, though? Well, Obama and Trump. Oh, okay. You know, it's like, yeah, you get <laughs> wall wrapped into one. <laughs> Party in the back and business in the front. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of Bill Clinton, too, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think of you as more like, because uh, this is a Canadian content podcast, I think you are more of the, of the, of, of the Justin Trudeau of our, <laughs> of our podcast. Now you blow me away because I've always admired President Trudeau. I really admire, like... The cold Canadian fist gripped around Canada that Trudeau just wields. I really like that. I mm. admire him. And uh, yeah, do you oh. think? Do you think he is? Uh, think he could be Castro's son? Have you heard that conspiracy theory that Justin Trudeau is secretly a Castro? No, but I do find it interesting. Just having heard about it, I think uh, if it's you more Google image 
Justin Trudeau and Fidel Castro, you will see um, these like split images. I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was hilarious. And they do okay. feature each other. <laughs> so that's that. An image. So, that, so that's your Canadian content. Might be a season two Canadian uh, crossover. <laughs> or, something. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you feel like now looking back at the skull gore that was created? You know, as Americans, I think that's what we would have. I think that would happen. I think Skullgore would happen. Oh, yeah, we, I mean, look, you turn on the news every day, and what kind of crazy ass shit do you see? You know, people <laughs> like President Skullgore running the country. <laughs> and so we keep going, we keep going. But then again, why not? I mean, we, we legalize pot. <laughs> <laughs> Up here too, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's amazing. I have a lot of friends that I know from Canada because I, I um, started a group called Grass. It's another, no, 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 another show, but um, a lot of com- can- can- Canadians are part of our group, so it's cool. Another piece of Canadian content. Isn't it odd that you, th- like, like, poutine is a big popular Canadian, native Canadian dish, right? And you would think that people smoking pot would come before the invention of poutine, but that's not how it happened. Poutine came first. Wow. Well, they must have been on something else. And what's that? Uh, what's those? And what's the other Canadian thing that I know? What's the uh, the gas station that's everywhere that everyone loves? Do you know what I'm talking about? What's it called? It's iconic. Or, I don't know. You don't know? It's uh, not here. I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, there's like there's a certain kind of gas station that people really like in Canada. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? So many of our gas stations could also be American, for all I know. Yeah, but this one is just Canadian. It's like a beloved <sighs> yeah. Canadian gas station. I, I don't know. Are these things uh, Canadian only? Like I get, I've occasionally eaten at McDonald's. I get coffee <laughs> from Starbucks. Mm. Uh, I watch 110% American movies and television. I don't follow sports, especially hockey. Yay. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, you don't follow the Maple I, Leafs. I, I, okay. Not especially. I don't follow Wait, is it Hortons? Sports. Something Hortons? Is there... Oh, we have Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Shop. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, not a gas yeah, station, yeah. though. That's like a restaurant, right? Yeah, I could I would have nailed that right away if you said coffee uh, chain. Yeah, but... yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. So that's the... Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a gas station. But they're, they're, I've never <laughs> been to one. I just know that, like, I know Poutine, Justin Trudeau, and that, Horton, that Hortons thing. And I know what, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, what Spud and Bud McKenzie... Do you remember those, like that old? Uh, oh, Bob and Doug. Bob and Doug McKinney. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Mm. Take off. And well, I know that Canada has a fine lineage of superstar comedians: Rick Moranis and John Candy, um, William Shatner, Martin Short. Oh, <laughs> William Shatner, great. Oh, and also Mike Myers, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox oh, is from Canada. Michael, Michael J. Fox is from Canada. Yeah, they they are taking our jobs. They took our jobs. <laughs> took our I was on a TV show. It was called Legit, and he's from Canada. Does that sound familiar? It was. Oh, oh wait, wait. Legit. So Seth, whatever. McFarland. Not not McFarland. Uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. His whole crew is from Canada. Oh, he's got a crew. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Judd Apatow. All those. All those. Judd Apatow's from Canada. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you know, and also the guy um, <laughs> from uh, Glee. Let's just talk about everything that we, we know were... that's from Canada. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy from, from, from Glee. The guy from Glee from Canada, too. That, that died? Okay. Yeah. Le- Leah Michelle. No, she's still alive. Yeah, Leah Michelle's alive. <laughs> <laughs> Leah Michelle, the guy from... Was he... Was he no, Puck was a... Well, yeah, Puck died, too, but he had the... Yeah. Yeah, that, sh- that show but, was yeah, really... like a toaster. Very, very bleak. Like, a, uh, lot, a lot of the people... A lot of darkness in that Glee show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's yeah kind of the, the one girl's missing. She went on a raft boat 
And did, it was, did, did one guy like get like he he, he, he overdosed? Okay, the one that I know, I, I kind of knew him. I know the kid that was that played the 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 kid in the wheelchair said he regretted playing a kid in a wheelchair. Oh yeah, wow. mm. <laughs> yeah, it's just wow, tragedy. <laughs> tragedy. I don't know if he's Canadian though. <laughs> I do know uh, uh, what football was invented in Canada. I found that out on a Super Bowl commercial. And basketball, I believe, is also invented in Canada. Not to basketball, get football. I didn't know about. And not yeah. to football and rugby. I guess because the difference in football and rugby. But I don't know. I don't know about rugby. Well, but football came from rugby. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so welcome to our rugby podcast. I'm Peter. I'm with and Brian I'm and John, and we're going to tell you everything that could be from Canada. Welcome to the Skin Your Knee podcast. <laughs> Latest news and updates about rugby. Did you skin your knee? Did you play it playing rugby? But uh, Dad, maybe I tell you what I learned about Canadian women who work for TV shows. And <laughs> tell, please tell us what did you learn about Canadian women oh, that boy. worked for television I feel like shows? Into, uh, <laughs> and that's it. not only just just women in general, beautiful Canadian women. Okay, great. what did I learn about that? I was the casting director for The Weakest Link on NBC. And my job was to put the people in the audience for the shows. And they always demanded that there would be about 25 to 30 hot, beautiful women to just sit in the show and be there. And they would show up, the Canadian women, beautiful, professional. They would always come early or at least on time. The rest of the women that were beautiful, they could come two hours late and they knew we would still take them. Because mm. I'm beautiful, and I don't have to, yeah, I can do whatever I want to do, because I'm gorgeous. And the Canadian women got the memo. I don't know if it's their parents. Teach them that beauty is only skin deep. You got to make a living. You got to be on time. And that's what I love and admire about my Canadian beauties. Tim Horton's coffee. They never know what gets them there on time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, square in the circle. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> I, but Canada, really they sided with the British, right? There were a bunch of Tory uh, royalists back in the day. We tried to invite them to come be part of our revolution. They're like, no, no. We want to maintain our ties to the UK. They could have been the 14th Congress. They could have, they could have, been, they could have been part of us, but they rejected us. But anyway. <laughs> Insert effective segue to NPR Armageddon uh, here. Welcome to the Canadian <laughs> Content History Channel. Uh, we're going to tell you all sorts of great things about Canada. They got hot Listen, I, I do. <laughs> that come on time. I do. <laughs> it's time for another song. I'll link you to the YouTube video for it, which is awesome. This is the song used as the theme for NPR Armageddon. It's by a band artist called Society Burning. And the song is called Nausea Ad Nauseum.
Coming up on NPRmageddon, Los Angeles electoral politics is a total bloodbath. I have the power! We check in with Betatech Incorporated about the company's latest labor-saving innovations. New restraints, new troughs, new cages, it's just a beauty. And we reminisce about the mythical food known as chocolate. They were starving to death, so I decided to give them something to eat. Something they never forget. Was it chocolate? Hell no! I made them eat lead. Plus fitness tips and traffic. It's a total parking lot out there. Featuring the voice talents of Fred Willard, John DeLancey, Harlan Ellison, Betsy Baker, Natalie Wachen, Michael Rousselet, Tazon Day, and many others. All this and more in NPR Mageddon, Episode 1, Rise Rise of of Skullgore. How are you you doing, Todd? Are you doing okay? (laughs) I'll I'll just record some questions after and... (laughs) Uh, Retrofit it. Yeah, 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 yeah. back it in. Yeah. I'll Frankenstein it. Tell I'll me everything it you know about it. Tim Hort. We can re- we can restart this if you'd like. like whatever, whatever, whatever. No, whatever this is so go- fun for like me to do. Like we aim to please. <laughs> I just want to give my my chest how much I love the show. It speaks to me. I am an audio entertainment nerd. I do make a lot of it. It's become my career through making stuff for one on one. It also takes a special kind of people to be into uh, stuff that's not either just to look at or. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a fine art to really carry across visuals without visual, you know? So and I don't want to insinuate any influences, but there were things that came to my mind when I first started listening to it. And you could tell me where where your influences were actually drawn. But I felt some Paul Verhoeven vibes, peak Verhoeven newscast vibes. Uh, like kind of Grand Theft Auto fake radio station vibes, National <laughs> Lampoon Radio Hour, and Monty Python albums. These are things that I've always loved growing up. And NPR Mageddon, I swear to fucking God, for me, is right up there with all that. So <laughs> heart to heart, guys. I'm going to start crying. Oh, but, yay. Uh, where was Arm- NPR Mageddon born? And we want tears. So this is great. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much, Todd. Like, yeah. you know, as we're just starting out, like, you know, just people paying attention to us is is huge. And I'm, I'm glad you're, you know, the show is resonating so strongly with you. And I, I'm i going to agree with probably 100% of those influences that you just dropped down. But m- maybe we should talk about the genesis of the show. Yeah, Please. yeah, sure. So the genesis of the show, Jackson Lansing, who's a comic book writer and a filmmaker, I was talking to him once and he said, oh, you've got to listen to this thing called Night Vale. It's really, really good. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll listen to Night Vale. And so I listened to Night Vale. I was like, oh, this is really good. And I thought, I wonder if I could make a Night Vale that was more to my taste. I quite like Night Vale, but it's just not, it's not, it wasn't exactly, it wasn't mean enough. It was creepy, but it wasn't really mean. Right. Because like Night Vale, if you don't know, is this uh, show, it's like this creepy show where like there's a, some radio station out in some small town there's a guy named Cecil and he's the host of the show and creepy sort of Lovecraftian things happen. And I, th- I thought it was really, really good. And I have a quite a, a decent sound background. And I was like, you know, I think, I think I could do this and make it bigger because the scope of Night Vale, 
I mean, they're cranking those episodes out. Like, you know, they're the, so like the scope fits the, what they're doing perfectly. You know, and they, I think they do two a month. They're writing those things like crazy, you know, so, so, okay, what if I, I don't, I can't compete on that way, but I could, I could make it harder. I could make it more complicated. And I, I really, I just like post-apocalyptic stuff. I go, oh, if he did a post-apocalyptic radio station, it's different enough from Night Vale. And then I can sort of have the influences that I like, like, you know, like Paul Verhoeven movies or like, you know, Mad Max films, like any sort of like sort of canon era action science fiction. And you you, ha- you hit it on the head with Paul Verhoeven, like RoboCop is probably uh, me and Peter's like top three. Films. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. That Pro- is yeah. a gigantic, nice. like that's a great film. Yeah. When I, uh, when I, uh, Brian and I met at USC film school and when you go to USC film school, they, uh, they give you a call. And they ask you, you know, tell me about a film that really meant something to you. I said, uh, RoboCop. And the person I was talking to on the end of the other end of the line was like, RoboCop? And then I was like, went into my spiel about how like RoboCop is like the smartest movie. You, you can know? go layers and layers. Yeah, yeah, you can just, RoboCop. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to interrupt one second. Because you sound so, so youthful, they weren't thinking like, I'm sorry, do you mean the 2014 not-so-classic one? No, this is before that one came out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I often call Brian, um, like I've had many writing partners in my life, but Brian's one of them. And I, I called Brian and I was like, I'm thinking about, I, I, I described what Night Vale was. And I was like, I think we could do something like this, like sort of like a post-apocalyptic, like sort of public radio show kind of thing. Right. And then, and then, and then Brian said, "Oh, you mean something like NPR Mageddon?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And so I'm I, good at names. I like, hated uh, him. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Yeah, like as I'm trying to describe what I'm trying to do, he goes, "Oh, you but, mean like NPR Mageddon?" Ha 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 ha. And I'm just like, "Yeah." And I hate you. I hate you so much for coming up with a really good name. People are, Im- are impressed by the name. And I didn't come up with the name. Brian we'll, came we'll up with the name. We'll get chuckles out of the name alone, which is which is a good place to be, you know. And it was also unique enough to where we could grab the Instagram and the Twitter and all that, like unimpeded, which is increasingly important in our in all in our digital era. So um, that was good. Yeah. So that's that's how that came about. And I think to to add on to that, like you know, we we grew up as filmmakers and we continue to be uh, filmmakers and. Um, you know, entertainment people, creative writers, and it, it's very hard to to cobble together, say, like a feature film. You have to marshal an awful lot of resources just to get it to low budget level, right? Not to mention like, you know, a, a blockbuster or or very, very good looking feature film. But this the same is not true in the audio space. I mean, I think one of the strengths that we're trying to press is that like, we feature a cast of over 80 actors and we sound design the hell out of this. And we had it professionally mixed by one of our good friends at USC, Amy Reed. Amy Reed. So we hope that it sounds big and professional and sort of grandiose. And it sounds like a working radio station that we can throw to a bunch of reporters and have crazy monsters show up. And, uh, you know, it sounds big. And that's actually possible in the audio space with not too much resources. Um, so I think that's as far as like our pitch to other people to enter the space and to participate in the space. I think that's a big one. I think you can pull off a lot with a little 
in audio, you know, because you sort of, without that other dimension, you're sort of free to imagine, right? You're free to to go for the gold. And I think that was important to us as we, as we wrote, we didn't, we didn't shackle ourselves, right? We didn't like, oh man, we don't, we can only shoot, you know, we can only shoot a film in a couple rooms in a street or something like, no, it's like our imagination is wherever we want to take it, you know? So that's how we kind of approached it. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I do enjoy the whole process of just, uh, sorry, I'm distracted by the zoom thing and telling us you, you guys don't mind hopping back on for, uh, oh, no, sure. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll join the same link, right? Yes. Yeah, it, it is so fun. And that's one of the things that sort of harp on it. But, you know, Channel 101 in like the height of lockdown, summer 2020, that's when they launch Frequency. It, it also helps like people who have like sound backgrounds, but like me, don't know. Well, don't bother with video. <laughs> but mm. um, it really is like, well, you, you already said it. You already said it very well. You don't need you don't need a budget for the special effects. You just need creativity. It's yeah, you need creativity and some great, time. Great writers and people who can really imagine. That's actually better. My mom grew up in the 40s, and she's always talked about when we'd sit around and listen to the radio as opposed to TV. You know, it's all given to us. And when you have a great creative mind, and you, know, and you can just go out to another whatever time and space or year or whatever, that mind would take you there. With good writing. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I, I don't know what your experience is, but writing for audio, there there are some unique limitations, right? Because like sometimes we would uh, come into a place where like we were writing a bit and we we're like, oh no, now I'm like, the reporter's like, now I'm walking over here. Oh, what did I see? You know, like it's, it's like you're telegraphing yeah. a lot of what you're trying to get across visually. And uh, I think we, we did a pretty good job of not... Like when we touched yeah. upon that, it was almost more like parody. Like we've had a couple, we had a couple sketches where we lean into the old timey, like uh, signaling, telegraphing where you're going, what you're doing as you're doing it, right. which is like old timey. But um, we kind of touched on that for parody. But otherwise, like we did, we did eventually learn after a few drafts to like write toward our medium a little harder, and I, I think it shows. Yeah. I just feel like there's nothing that can't be done. It's just a matter of how. Well, so. I don't know. Is there something that can't? I mean, yeah. Like certain jokes won't land. You know, yeah, like there's you, like visual jokes that can't, you can't do. Yeah at, yeah, at first, like we wrote up a couple visual gags and it's like, oh, this doesn't work at all. <laughs> what are we doing? So we have to kind of reimagine it, right? And you have to reimagine it for, for the audio space. Right. And you said, and you mentioned what well, was another influence thing. You got five minutes on this thing. So I'm, I'm paying attention to your, to your thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, another influence that you mentioned was like Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, well, their records. Or like their television show, right? Like their Flying Circus. Flying like, Circus. Yeah. Like um, I think that that's an that's totally an influence because like they sort of they usually like have like a in the show they would have like a frame narrative that like they would just you would sort of attach their sketches towards and they'd have really yeah. interesting transitions. And. I think we do something, I mean, having like our, the conceit of a new show that can kind of, kind of go anywhere you want or whatever is, is similar, right? Like it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with, uh, with like Holy Grail, for instance, like it's like, it's people going from point A to point B and then they just sort of attach the jokes to that journey. And I think we have a sort of a similar mm -hmm. construction, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking the Monty Python ale, uh, angle tonally for me is like absurdism, um, like, uh, I think we have sometimes, I, I don't know, like we, we oscillate between different humor types. I think sometimes we're like, 
pretty dark, right? Like (laughs) reporters die on air and awful things sort of happen. Like my character is kind of a, you know, often immoral shill for the, for the regime, for the, for the current regime. But so there's certainly some dark humor. There's some satirical humor, but there's also like silly wordplay. There's a certain just surreal, absurdist, almost like Dadaist sort of elements to it. And I think Monty Python kind of brings that to the fore. And I love that about Monty Python, just like the silliness of it, the absurdism of it. And it's pretty smart stuff. Like yeah. Monty, Monty Python stuff is, I think, probably smarter than our stuff to a certain degree. But like... Uh, Hey, yeah, we're pretty a, maybe, smart. We're pretty smart. Maybe a like, tad bit. A tad I mean, bit. we're not doing like philosopher jokes or anything, but like... Uh, no, sometimes we get a little excess. We get a little, we get a little heady. I think a lot. <laughs> I think and that's good. I think everything balances together really well. You don't feel like, uh, I don't know, like whatever you might worry about there being a too many cooks vibe from moment to moment. It really just feels like a rounded experience and it, it benefits from different styles of humor i i think so and like if you're sick of the humor you're hearing in minute 17 of npr armageddon like wait till minute 19 and you'll probably <laughs> specific <laughs> you'll probably get to get something else that you'll you'll enjoy and that's part of the i don't know that that's just the power of sort of sketch based uh programming too like you know if you if you're not caring for this one just wait around a few minutes we'll give you something something else <laughs> make the light bulbs come back on yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next time on NP Armageddon, literacy is at an all-time low, and we're going to keep it that way now that President Skogor has outlawed reading, but not everyone's on the same page. What if I don't read the books, huh? What if I use them to wipe my ass? That's the good news. And here's even better news. If escaping reality is your thing, nothing brightens your day quite like hard drugs. A new drug called Drip, derived from smog cloud precipitation, has some people praying for rain. I can't get enough of the stuff. It's a non-stop party. And in our ongoing brand new history segment, we put you on the front lines of an ancient war. War. What is it good for? Absolutely everything. History is a harsh mistress. Indeed. Plus, sports and traffic. Off the chain, baby. Featuring the voice talents of John Delancey, Harlan Ellison, Jello Biafra, Erica Ishii, Andrew Bowser, Michael Ruzelay, Tazon Day, and many others. All this and more in NP Armageddon, Episode 2, Beta Orbiter. Hey, gang. I mentioned this band, The Foxies, on the show before. I fucking love them. They're more than welcome to be a guest on the show if they want some time. If the powers that be check their emails or a spam folder or whatever. I I just sent the one email, so good luck, I guess, uh, finding it. They're from Nashville. The recent album is called Who Are You Now? Who Were You Then? And it's straight fire. This is one of the songs on that album, and it's called If Life Were a Movie.
we, we have we have a plethora of assholes. You know, Who's Australian? Not, mm. not, not, oh, really? yeah. Nice people aren't too few and far between, but uh, Canada isn't like isn't like you throw a rock and you hit a nice person who says sorry. But he says, "Why the welcome. fuck did you throw a rock?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fuck, man, bro. I don't know. Whatever. Are you friends um, with uh, Nardwar, the human serviette? <laughs> no, but I, I feel like he he's gotten quite a mile out of uh, shaving a haircut. That's true. Oh, is that his shtick? Well, he goes, he goes, do do to loot do, do do. That's what he does. Yeah, at the end, at the, at the end of inter- every interview. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, I won't, I won't put that. I don't want to defame <laughs> our, our beloved Nardwar, um, <laughs> or Ed the sock, or whatever else made it over there. Sounds like a beautiful, like oceanic creature, the Nardwar. <laughs> it does. I don't know where we get our ideas. <laughs> boop boop. So oh, that could that's be. why they would get mm. I know they did a lot of that, takes I know he was very exacting yeah they did a ton of takes I love eyes wide shut oh man he's I'm, I'm a Kubrickophile for sure you know what like know. the Kubrick fans need a better like name for themselves like Juggalos or something Kubrickians Kubrickies Kubies Kubrick the old bricks and mortars the Kubricks and mortars the Kubricks <laughs> yeah what would be the Kubrick what's with brick brick the, mm, I don't know. Juggalos is so good. I, well, rem- I remember. There's only one Juggalo. <laughs> I remember I think, being. I think. Oh, I was gonna say. I remember being in junior high school, and my dad took me to Clockwork Orange. Oh wow! Yeah. Like before I got banned and everything. Yeah, and I was like, finally, when I got older, I got it. But I was like, the whole day I was like, okay, 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 what's going on? But then it's weird how he knew he would just subliminally whatever give it, give it to me. And then I would figure it out one day. Who's the author of Clockwork Orange? What's his name? Was Kubrick. No, no, no. no. Kubrick's the director. The book, the book is... Anthony Burgess. Oh. Yeah, Anthony Burgess. Anthony oh. Burgess has another book called 1985, which nobody really knows. And it is a sequel to George Orwell's 1984, kind of. And so the, oh, wow. f- the first half... Uh, Anthony Burgess. Okay. And um, so the first half of 1985... It's just what Anthony Burgess thinks of 1984 and just like he really, really likes it. And then the second half of 1985 is his sort of bizarre take, you know, because like Orwell did, he wrote 1984 in 1948. And so he just swapped the two numbers around and sort of just projected what he saw going on in England. Anthony Burgess did a kind of a similar thing, but there, there's, there's a group, there's a group of like young men uh, in England in 1985, they're basically just like the Droogs. They're, they're, they're just like, they're really smart, like right. violent thugs. And like, it's sort of a thing that he keeps turning up into his books. But like 1985 by Anthony Burgess is such a bizarre book and nobody knows about it anymore. Mm, yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Well, speaking about taking a look into the future or a possible future, NPR Armageddon, what's the ratio of just like fun, frivolous, comedic ideas that are just like abstract and silly to the percentage of stuff that you feel like really could happen is already starting to happen and so forth. Oh, as far as like real world analogs to things that have happened in NPR again, is that what you're asking? Like the uh, ear mic? I, I, I couldn't have put it better myself. You, oh. you, you heard me struggling to try. Yeah, gosh. I mean, um, because, because the show has been like a few years in the making, like I think sometimes our, our fiction has become a sort of reality, which is interesting to see. And I think uh, truth is often stranger than fiction. Uh, mm. And maybe 
Our fiction is sometimes stranger than the truth. How well, guess what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to say that? a bunch that's, of empty that's, horseshit. That's meaningless. What you said made said nobody understood what you said. I don't know. A, a lot has been in the news of like authoritarian rule, right? Like the rise of authoritarian rule. And Skogor certainly embodies that. But I, I think in, in certain ways you can kind of, you know, chart a matrix of like authoritarian type of satire in NPR Mageddon. I mean, kind of the media is a, is a sort of uh, authority <laughs> that has a certain rule and power. You can look at certain aspects like that. Later on in the in the season, we'll, we'll see how religion uh, could have a sort of authoritarian bent that we play with, um, just to give a sneak peek here. But we do play with kind of the sources of power and how that kind of infiltrates society, affects society, through these characters and through these scenarios that we're playing with. So authoritarianism is certainly a thing that we sort of attack, uh, disassemble, and put back together um, in a darkly comic way. Yeah, and it's <laughs> kind of like, like uh, yeah, I think NPR Mageddon is kind of about power, and it's sort of about, and about perversion of power, and it is perversion straight that, up. That, that, never <laughs> that never happens these days, right? But uh with our politicians. Yeah. Exactly. Not, that's a good not, point, LeJean. Fox, Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where'd well, you get I, that idea from? But uh I always think of like the beginning of Mark Marin's first post-Trump special. I haven't heard it. What's it about? What's it like? Well, I mean, he he basically like anything that you could have said might have happened that that someone would have said you're fucking nuts. Like that's what happened yesterday. Exactly. Sort of, sort of thing. Oh. I'm not I'm not paraphrasing very well, but like it it starts with like after Trump got elected, the impossible just became everyday news. Mm. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I mean that's old news, but I mean like he he put it very well for the time. Yeah. Like, Though I, I will say at the same time that we're n we made it a point to never directly ape like rip from the headlines type of stuff. Like, yeah, you know, you'll never see a Trumpian figure in NPR Mageddon. It's just like, oh, that's just a stand in for Donald Trump or that's just a stand in for Kamala Harris or something like we don't uh, really riff on today's headlines or figures. We deal with more with ideas and abstractions than like the latest politician who did that thing on Friday that everybody's talking about, you know? Yeah, I didn't mean to go there like with the last thing I said. I definitely pick up on that and I, I love it. But in, in what you were saying before, do you, do you feel like putting the show together in all like the lights and darks that it has, do you feel like it's cathartic for you? Like just as people in the world that we do live in? Oh, I think it is. I get a lot out of that. Like it's cathartic for me. Like, I don't know. I, I think it might yeah. be a little shocking for What's an audience one of my sometimes. Favorite lines? I don't know. What is one of your favorite lines? The only the weak need to eat. That's not the line. That's not the line. Okay, okay, that's no, okay. no, okay. Food is for weak people. That's almost. They're oh, closer. You're closer. 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 Oh, oh, need. It's the need in there, huh? No. Um, <laughs> for me? People, I was going to say people. something really brilliant, but I just forgot. Okay. Well, sorry. Todd, Todd's trying to wrangle us back. Oh, yes, Todd. Well, Pay attention well, to Todd. Okay. People on the internet like to to be correctors so they can feel high and mighty. So they'll go like, "I'm going to fucking listen to this. I'll, I'll tell you guys what the line is." That would be that would be very sweet if that would happen. That would be a level of engagement that I would invite and enjoy. That's a, that's a step up. That's a that's below death threat, but still that, a good yeah. sign. Right. A stalker is yeah. as good as a stalker. Like but. when we have our own wiki, like that's fan made, and we didn't make it ourselves. That would be another huge achievement. I would love to see that happen. 
That'd be cool. Yeah. Wiki level success for sure. Yeah, wiki level success. That's another type of success for sure. Yeah, somebody like just needs to demonstrate. I mean, like you, Todd, I guess you have demonstrated that we have not worked in vain. There's at least somebody out there an hour from Toronto that cares about what we're doing. That gets it. And who laughs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, if it's more laughs than cringes or like, what the hell is this? Then I guess we've done our jobs. Um, oh, yeah. and, oh, and going back to like, is this cathartic? I think I, I think it certainly is, you know, because we do need to to learn to laugh at even some deep, dark shit within ourselves and about human nature, you know. And um, I, I just think that's important. And man, I had some other great point, but please pick it up, Peter. Well, I think uh, <laughs> one thing about that, when you make someone laugh. As dark as it may be, you have at least aroused their attention to, is there a problem? You laugh at it and then you go, wait a minute, but is that really funny? Mm. That's that deep, LeJean. Very Sad. deep. That's what Brian did. <laughs> yeah. No, I was also, here, okay, here, here is what it is. All right, let's hear it. The world that we depict in NPR Mageddon of, um, of Los Angeles is we hope worse than the real world. Now, the, the the joke that we've gotten so far is sort of like, well, the world's already in a an apocalyptic hellscape, so we might as well listen to a post-apocalyptic hellscape. Like, we're already in the middle of, of complete hell, so this is totally appropriate and totally works. Now, I don't happen to... Th- think that way i i think the world that we depict is worse than our than our real world yeah and I, I hope we can still have that sort of escapism in that way yeah i mean i think our actual real world could get so much more as bad as it's ever been it could get so much worse so much worse <laughs> right i'm so fucking mad that i can't take it anymore why why so serious oh no <laughs> here's what the laugh is at <laughs> well, I was, I, I thought I was riffing and it was, uh, all I did was quote the dark Knight, and, and I'm sorry. Now, oh, do you remember like the kids that like used to like, just, do you have a bunch of Adam Sandler quotes you can just pull out at a, at a drop of a hat? <laughs> I, I, I could, I could make that the style of this podcast for an episode. Like, what would that uh, be? Like, like, what, like, what was one of the things in one of those movies? Hey, <laughs> you. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't I just watched Billy Madison the other day. For oh, shits. funny! Or like, or like, or, or all the I all the David Spade. Uh, well, thing, Tommy like, Boy. I Tommy watched boy. Tommy Boy like thirty five hundred times. Yeah, yeah. As a kid. Like yeah, fat yeah. guy in a little coat. We could just we could just quote <laughs> movies to each other. Yeah. Wayne's World was another one where Re- I memorized remember it. remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Happy Gilmore was def- is definitely a movie I can just play in my head. Oh yeah. Get in the hole. <laughs> Are you too good for your hole? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, geez. I will say that I do have more listeners than more listeners that live in your neck of the woods than in my hometown here. Uh, How does so, that make you feel, Todd? Displaced. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because you want to move so down here, say, right? Like this moving? is this is just some giant scheme to have a bunch of friends when you eventually move here. You'll have like Hey, wrong with that. hey, I'm back. I'm in town now. Let's go get some food. Let's go to Jumbo's Clown Room. Let's check it out. Scheme, evil master plan, whatever. No, way I think it's a great it. idea. Um, I mean, I think also just telling people that's the plan. We can do- go down to Skid Row, <laughs> hang out. LeJean <laughs> told me that this would be a fun place. <laughs> that- oh, you have LeJean could show you around. Let me let me tell you that. <laughs> and we're 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 hanging on to California with our fingernails with the fucking cost of living the way it is here, but. 
We still like mm. it enough to stay here. <laughs> Here's a song by a band called Ockerville River. It's a song that I only know because I got it free from Starbucks in uh, 2011 when they used to have those free iTunes song cards each week or day. You'd get like a different daily free thing on a card for Apple. Uh, They were just hemorrhaging free shit uh, back then. I got about 40 of those cards and I really liked this song by Ockerville River and it's called Rider.
time on NP Armageddon. It's President Skogor's birthday, and he wants all of Los Angeles to get in on the festivities, whether they want to or not. I can't wait to see what presents you all will be legally obligated to get me. There's something fishy going on at the Cowabunga Dude Surfing Invitational. Kind of like a shark mixed with an eel and maybe a barracuda. And we sit ringside at the innovative new low-income daycare known as Toddler Fight Club. Normally, children cost a lot of money. Our toddlers will make money through the magic of gambling. Plus, kids' poetry and traffic. What's the now, Brian? Featuring the voice talents of John Delancey, Harlan Ellison, Jello Biafra, Kelsey Gunn, Gary Phillips, Donna Thorland, Tazon Day, and many others. All this and more in NPR Mageddon Episode 3 Sea Monster Mash. NPR Mageddon, the greatest podcast in the world. So, what is your, your favorite Lejean performance in Channel 101? Because this is like somewhat of a Channel 101 uh, fan podcast sometimes. Is that correct? So, uh, uh, the Todd Donald show is my hangout podcast that I co host now with somebody that's more or less local. And Primetime Files is the Channel 101 podcast where it's... So where do, so where do um, we fall in? We fall in on, on that podcast or this podcast? I feel like it should be both. I feel like I should I feel like I should publish the episode on both things, but just change the intros. Uh, oh, well, we only read the intro to the one, the Todd Donald. I, 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 <laughs> I felt so bad. I do not have the heart to ask you guys to do a different one. Uh, and there's no point to that. It's really, really fucking sweet that you guys did that. Um, oh, thank you. Brian, Brian, okay. Brian thought that was a terrible idea and that you, that it was like sort of, a, he, he said, that seems kind of passive aggressive. Did you no, so now tell me what you felt when you did it when when you when this happened to when you? When I uttered "Welcome to the Todd Donald," yeah, wait, wait, walk us through because I said no, no, no. He's going to like this because it shows that we care about what he's doing. So who's right? You, you're you're both right because I was both thrilled and also in the moment going, "Oh no, that's my old intro." <laughs> oh, uh, I got it from the. I listened to your um your Kate. How do you say your last name? Kate Fro- Kate Freund. Freund, yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was so good. I thought that was a great uh, podcast. I listened to that. Yeah. But that, that was the intro. On, I think that was the intro on that one. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It, uh, so I stopped doing that podcast in July 2021. And that's a, it, the same point that I launched the first episode of Primetime Files with oh, Kelsey okay. Wade Abbott. Kelsey Abbott was episode two. Wade Randolph was episode one. Oh, I um, love Wade. But I started doing the Todd Donald show for fun again here because my co-host and friend Katie could come over. Uh-huh. And it was no longer that thing of like, I was living in the Arctic at the time. Please do not ask. And I was doing everything <laughs> over Zoom. Uh-huh. So whether it was talking to people back home or in Los Angeles, it was only over Zoom. So I'm like, okay, if I'm just going to do a Zoom podcast and I'm mainly engaging with the 101 community. I'm just going to do a podcast for that. So long story over, to answer your question, between as LeJean Stewart, or LeJean, sorry. It's all good. It's all good. No, he goes by both. He's fine. Yeah, Disney may be uh, LeJean Stewart. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, oh, shit. You're credited as LeJean. That's the leprechaun uh, one. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He went to cut the gold out my belly. But I like Mad Lejean, and I don't know what episode of Car Jumper it is, but like it was one of my favorites. Oh wow! Car, Car Jumper, for those of you who don't know, is 
one of the most epic. It's definitely the longest running Channel 101 show there ever was. Hmm. But it was yeah. Um, actually, I've seen I've seen episodes of Car Jumper. I yeah. feel like I did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's so good. <laughs> You're outstanding. Every everything like you did. You were in 101 shows for like um, like ten years, right? Is that like oh nine to? I think you were. When was yeah, bleeding I think out? So yeah, because 2019, I was yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, you haven't. You nailed it. In fact, you nailed it. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's not like um, Brian and Peter are plus twos. You get the 101 pass because LeJohn, like, I feel like it's dope that all three of you are on too. But the kind of, not stuff, the kind of content, no, I hate that word too. The kind of product. entertainment thing. Okay, you guys go with product. Entertainment product. Entertain, yeah. Entertainment, like widget. <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing uh, is, is not only so good, but it, it's it can really please the kind of audience of creators and digesters of okay. of widgets shit of media widgets <laughs> digest uh, entertainment paste yeah 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 right so you deal digest is a metaphor right yeah so it's, yeah, yeah so it has to be something that you would digest so. it's easy to digest yeah, yeah so yeah. it's yeah. like um yeah it's, it's delicious audio paste what audio band? paste <laughs> yeah it's like it, delicious uh, audio paste yeah. that you can digest that people that ingest things mm. would like to if do. You, if you guys made five minute or less cuts of each thing and made that its own episode, you'd be dominating frequency for for years. I, think. I, I don't know if that's true. Uh, I, I did. I did. Oh, I would vote for. It. I did submit to Channel One Hundred One once, and it was and Lejean was in was in the episode, and it was a it was a a web series that Brian would come and he'd come and hold a boom every once in a while. It was called Meter Maids. We ended up making more episodes anyway. We were just like, oh, we'll just keep making them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So and I, I would, I would I, say that he should resubmit it, but he didn't. Yeah. yeah. Meter Maze is hilarious. So. Yeah. It's, and yeah, you can't I even see that. it, though. I mean, you can't see it, so it's mm-hmm. fine. But, like, uh, but. Right. Is it because I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I do think that, I do think that the one-on-one community, uh, anyone listening to this, if it's primetime files, will greatly benefit as fans of things from our NPR Mageddon. And I, um, I, I think I gave Spencer Crittenden a pass too, because every like he's the Harmontown dungeon master. Sure, um, mm. but yeah, but that's I, way more closer. That's way more like <laughs> the gravity there is much closer to Channel One Hundred and One, right? Mm, mm. But I, you're you're, I, you're just handing out these passes sort of loosely, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> really, really? Do you, up, do you not? Come on, <laughs> you will deserve. No, I mean I think from what I know of Channel One Hundred and One shows and content, like there's that like balls out humor right there's kind of the punk rock approach you know anything goes type of humor and i think we bring some of that uh erratic chaos uh you know to npr mageddon so i think there's a there's some crossover there um, absolutely if i may be so bold yeah if if anybody uh for, who likes channel 101 they should listen to our thing. Yeah. Sure thing. They <laughs> yeah. will get it. They will love it. They will buy it. You can tune in at www.nprmageddon.com slash listen. Hello. Smash that like button. Do you love to laugh? What's your other podcast called? The Frequency? What is it called? The So Primetime Files is the Channel 101 podcast, and the Todd Donald Show is... This you is do a lot. Of, you have a lot of podcasts. I went to ToddDonald.com uh, and saw the array like well, you're like a, you're a one man network. That's narrative podcasts. The the talk podcast that we're doing right now. That's a whole nother thing. the The transition to doing it for money has been very well met. Mm-hmm. So producing podcast. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about me now. That's but, fine. Uh, listen, I'm I'm a bi- I'm a big fan of you three, and I love NPR Mageddon. 
You gave up the website, nprmageddon.com. Let's spell it out for the people listening who, who might need that extra. It's nprmageddon.com. You can follow at nprmageddon on all the social medias, pretty much. Yeah, Twitter is really where we're best. Like, I know you're not much of a Twitter guy, are you? YouTube? Sort of. Sort of, yeah. I, I, well, we're better I, on... We're, our, Twitter is the... We do the best. Our best Our best social best. media work is on Twitter. Sure. We're all, Yeah, we're on Instagram. <laughs> we're on Instagram, but, yeah. too, though, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things about NPR Mageddon that, that we can sort of, like, tease... Slash. Oh well, uh, what's kind of entice, what's, uh, why entice? should people care about NPR Mageddon? Is it is that? Yeah, who who gives a shit? Why should why should people give a shit? Well, a, a, a couple reasons. I think that we have two actors on it that have passed away, and so these might be their last performances that are available. Oh jeez. Uh, and so uh, and the, the names are and this the, it's one is a science fiction author Harlan Ellison, who you know wrote for Star Trek, a very prolific short story author. Legendary. Legendary. And we got him as an actor. And the other one is Fred Willard, uh, who's like in Best in Show and... Who was so fantastic. He was really good. He was in episode one doing quite a a spicy sketch and like he pulled it... He pulled it off with a plum. I mean... Our our session was so memorable. I mean, he did one take. He was just a one take wonder. He was a pro, and we, you know, we got him pretty old, but he was such a pro. I mean, he nailed it. Yeah, and I guess coming up, like some people that you haven't heard that are interesting is we have we got uh, Barbara Goodson, who's the voice of Rita Repulsa from Power Rangers. She's coming up, um, and she was really fun because, like, you know, you know, you know, Rita Repulsa's voice from Power Rangers. You know, it's like burned into your DNA. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I think a lot of what appeals appealing is that our cast is really eclectic. It's very it's a bizarre. We got Tazon Day, uh, who's famous from Chocolate Rain. Uh, Jello Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys is one of our announcers. He's the voice you hear at the top. He's of the, the yeah, at the top of the show. Uh, Andrew Bowser, who just uh, who just who got back just from Sundance. Sundance. Yeah, yeah, for he did. Uh, for his character Onyx, Onyx, a feature yeah. film of Onyx. Are you familiar with Are you familiar with Andrew Bowser's work at all? Onyx the Fortuitous. Name only. Oh, yeah. He's only- pretty good. Uh, and um, we have uh, Hart D. Fisher, who's a publisher of Outlaw Comics. And he's a he's a wild guy, and he's coming up. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. The I think the third fourth, or the fourth. I think he's in the fourth. Yeah, fourth episode. So... I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's sort so of appealing. So the cast is huge, yeah. and I'd say just oh oh yeah, and John Delancey, who's like Q in Star Trek. Oh which, yeah, yeah. And he does our traffic reports, and he imbues it with a panache and an existential dread that I just cherish. Yeah, our so. traffic. I really really like the traffic reports. I think they're I love yeah. Traffic. I think they're they're one of my favorite parts. And I just say like overall, like we bring the kitchen sink, you know, to the show. It's like if you like sci-fi, if you like horror. If you like satire, dark comedy, lighter stuff, I mean, we've kind of got it all for you. So that would be my pitch of the show. Like, we try to do a really good job and make you laugh, make you think a little bit, yeah. make you laugh. And I, I don't know. We just try to put on a show. We're, I feel a little bit like Al Jolson or something. Like, we're just trying to put on a show. <laughs> <laughs> well, or Sammy Davis. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, that's a better, that's a better one. <laughs> Yeah, 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 we're yeah. Al Joseph without the black. We're, face. we're Al Joseph without the blackface. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds well, me of my James Brown story. James Brown did a concert. It was on New Year's Eve, and the promoter didn't do his job. So when James Brown went on the stage, there were two people in the audience, and they're like, "Oh, well, Mr. Brown, sorry, I guess we'll just have to cancel." He said, 
We ain't casting nothing. And he danced his butt off and sang to the highest for those two people in the audience. I love that story. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, just put on a show. That's yeah. what we're doing. I think that, yeah. That's I hope we get fitting. more than two people, but we're, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. putting on a show. Yeah, we, we want to do, do better than that James Brown <laughs> concert. Hey, he's James Brown. Come on. If I can do anything with this podcast, I, and you know how much I love the show, I will become hundreds of other people. That look different than me, of course. I would prefer um, them they all be just clones of you, because you're such a sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant figuratively, but I, why not? I, I, I sometimes get really tired, and I, I wish someone else took over. There were two of you? Yeah. For me. yeah. Do you think if there were two of you, if one of your clones jerked off one of your other clones, is that okay? I don't know. Like, is, or is, is that like is that incest? Is it technically incest? Is what I was. Is thinking. it even is is it a homosexual act or is it just a whack, a act of onanism? Oh wow! And here's the real who question: Who doesn't jack at home or jack off at home? Either? Go ahead. Should, By yourself. Go ahead. The real question is: Should we should we end on that awesome James Brown story or clone incest? I like I, I like ending on the James Brown. Story. I like. <laughs> so, well, we do know Todd thinks it's incest. Oh. Which we we didn't know. Oh, like so, like okay. Todd, Todd, so, Todd gave away the yeah. game again. <laughs> Great. So, but we know that Todd. I mean, I assume that Todd is anti incest, like most people. So we do know that if so, that Todd would be totally safe to clone. Yeah, he's got a terrific moral center. So yeah, I think we end on that note. Yeah, Todd Donald is Todd a, Donald is a heck of a guy. would not jerk off his clone. Okay, because he's just not that kind of guy. Because the clone ain't a brother, it ain't a daddy, it ain't no relative. It's yourself. Yeah, no, but that means you would. If it was just yourself. I would. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you would. <laughs> We're learning a lot about each other tonight. So Todd Donald is a no. Lejean is yes. Where do you fall? Mm, I'd have to get more information. Oh, okay, that's fair. And what about the earlier conversation about, <laughs> earlier conversation about you know, doing it in the butt? Remember? That, that's for the next appearance. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The Todd Donald show. Right. Clone self-love means... Never having to say you're sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Very good. There you go. No, that was bad. No, 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 that no, no, bad. no. That's good. That was bad. That's good. Very good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs>